You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And it's time, once again, my friends, to smoke some cigars and talk shit about movies. So what are we smoking this week, Brad? <laughs> ah, so this week we have the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel-Aged Cigar. The, the sun-grown variety. Yes, um, you know, and, and the reasoning for that is uh, during... The main segment you will learn we're talking about a film called Zombieland 2, and um, as um, Woody Harrelson is uh, chilling in the White House behind the presidential desk, he is sporting a Perdomo cigar, and the one he's actually smoking is a little too light for my taste, so um, <laughs> yeah. decided to ramp it up to more the cigar nerd level. Yeah, we never could find a actual confirmation, but from the brief shot of the band it looks like it sh- could be a the champagne 10 year anniversary edition which kind of makes sense this this movie's like you know 10 years since the original no nah, that just make too much logic yeah but yeah that's a little bit light for our taste so we wanted to still feature a uh Padermo, so we want something a little bit uh a little bit more spicy. Yes, um, and by spicy, this is going to sport a Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper with Cuban seed Nicaraguan binder and Cuban seed Nicaraguan filler. Yep, and it's uh, yeah, the tobaccos have been aged six years and then aged an additional ten months in bourbon barrel bourbon barrels, hence the bourbon barrel aged Tabano. Yes, absolutely. Right off the bat, um. I don't know. I, 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 here, here's the thing for me: is Perdomo. I've smoked a few, and even on their strong side, they're still lighter than some other manufacturers. Um, you know, as far as the strength is concerned. Um, for me, I'm gonna say, yeah, this is probably medium, maybe medium plus. Um, but it's also creamy and you know has a smooth finish to it. So, um. I mean, it, it it offers some complexity. I like the flavor so far, just getting into this thing, and uh really wish I had some bourbon. Bourbon well, fairy, where are you? Well, there's a bottle of tin cup in the house. <laughs> yeah. That would involve us, like, you know, moving. Having to get up yeah. and stop recording. We need a bourbon elf to, like, bring us, fetch us bourbon. Maybe I can put that on our Christmas list. Exactly. List. So this week, uh, we were... Like I said, we, we kind of mentioned it there, but we're going to talk about the sequel to one of my favorite zombie comedies, Zombieland Double Tap. You know, it took them 10 years to make a new one, but we'll I, see if it's still as good as the original. If it if it, if it it holds up, we'll get to that in the main segment. But I mean, I think this is an all-around great film to talk about because we got ninjas, we got homers, so we can talk <laughs> about the Simpsons. I mean, you know. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not really sure. We did a zombie episode, but I can't remember if we even talked about the original Zombie Land. And then I think we stick to the more traditional zombie films. That I think we talked about Shaun of the Dead for our comedy zombie entry, but uh, but that the original Zombie Land is freaking amazing. We'll get into that here in a bit. 
But if you're going to fight zombies in the apocalypse, you should probably call on the Strike Force. StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code for Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. You know, in the apocalypse, you got to, you know, rule was it rule number seven, travel light. You know, they come in the tiny tin pouches so you can travel light and still carry a lot of energy with you. Save weight, carry more ammo. I like those odds. Yeah. And with that, we'll be right back with all the zombie goodness. Time to nut up or shut up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's time to personally kick some dicks. I don't know. <laughs> yep, because apparently you need a new catchphrase ten years later. Oh, yeah, we're talking about... And we'll probably talk about the original, too, uh, since I don't think we talked about uh, that last time around. But Zombieland and now Zombieland Double Tap, which is an awesome title. And normally we don't uh, review a movie this early in its release, but it's October and we wanted to do something spooky. And we also really wanted to see this movie open in weekend. So if you haven't seen it yet, spoilers the fuck ahead. So either listen to this episode or wait a week after you've seen the movie and come back to us because we are going to spoil the shit out of this motherfucker. <laughs> All right, cool. I guess we're talking about spoilers. Yeah. I was just going to give it a wholehearted review, cut the segment down to about two minutes, and call it done. Then we're going to do for the like the rest of the hour. The, uh, that was going to be the hour. Oh, okay, I'm just going to do a quick episode. Yes, uh, Zombie Land, starring Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Abigail Breslin. Uh, you know, the original came out in two thousand nine. It's kind of weird it took them this long to to make a sequel to this thing. You know what, though? I'm, I'm kind of glad they did, though. I mean, you know, the, the, the first one was great. It stood, you know, amongst the great zombie comedies, and it was a nice break from the, you know, standard zombie cliche TV series and films that we were getting. Um, you know, I like the angle that they took of waiting 10 years, um, you know, and... The characters definitely aged in that 10-year period, except for um, Jesse Eisenberg. I don't think <laughs> that he ages. No, he's a robot. Yeah, I mean, he still looks like he's like 15 or something. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Maybe they just did some great, you know, de-aging CGI or something. But, you know, the fact that they, you know, hey, yep, 10 years, we've evolved, zombies have evolved, and these are the things that are now happening, I think brought a fresh new light to the story um, and allowed them to go some additional directions that I think had it been a year or two after the original Zombieland, it would have just been like, eh, been there, done that. 
Yeah, I mean the the first one was kind of kind of revolutionary in the in the comedy because it was a comedy, but it wasn't like slapstick parody of a zombie film. I mean, yeah. I mean, it wasn't you know straight Shaun of the Dead, or you know, it wasn't a you know unique um, you know like like a Fido or one of those type of films. Um, And we're the first one, like you said, the since this one's taking place. 10 years later and they've uh the first one was very classic romero and their zombies where this one you know they you introduce the evolving of you know as the virus has gone on the zombies have evolved and it kind of I, it almost took a turn like world war z you yeah know? it kind like, of gave it like a shout out to all the other zombie genres because you had your stupid your really stupid zombies aka your the homers as they call them which are kind of more your classic uh Romero zombie. Is that why they had donuts on the screen? Was that, was that <laughs> yes. a throwback to the Simpsons? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then they had the, uh, the, what they called the Hawkings, which was the more, yeah, zombies that retain a little bit of their brain so they can kind of rudimentary problem uh, well, solve. Dude, I, I gotta say, like, you know, as far as the Hawking is concerned, like, Watching it, you know, oh, I'm going to feast on this down doctor and just grab the eyeball and use the eyeball in my mouth for the, you know, um, freaking learning zombies. I mean, that was, that was some, like, that was some serious, like, raptor open the door, opening the door shit there. I mean, he even says, like, you know, clever girl. (laughs) Wait, was that a throwback to Jurassic Park? Yes, it was. Okay. (laughs) That's what that one, uh, whatever raptor trainer said when he got eat, when he figured out the, the, yeah, raptors were flanking him and shit. But where was Chris Kratt when all of this was occurring? I was probably probably eating. I mean, now we got Raptor Zombies. Whoa. <laughs> Mind that, blown, right? That's the next crossover film. <laughs> they need Zombieland Jurassic Park. But, I mean, that's that's one of the great things. You know, these guys, you know, that have had some involvement with Deadpool, with some of the other great films, Um, you know, I, I just yeah, love the... Yeah, directed by uh, Ruben the, Fleischer. The, um... The throwbacks to other, you know, iconic pop culture, you know, TV shows, movies, and just, you know, uh, basically every meme-worthy um, quote there is. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, was it, yeah, we talked about the homebrews, and it was it the ninja zombies that just kind of sneak up on you, and kind of like from the freaking, that, uh, whatever, Xbox version of Doom, <laughs> sneaky bastards. And then, you know. I mean, those are your cat-like zombies. Yeah, and then they introduce, and like I so said, we'll kind of back up a little bit and they also introduced the kind of uh as you said uh, uh whatever 28 days later like the the, fa- the the fast movers that have kind of taken over the zombie genre now that more they like call your rabbit the, zombie you're that they call you know nickname them the t-800 because they're like the terminator they won't freaking go down i mean they will but they just get right back up and you just gotta yeah the double tap doesn't work you have to go with the 20 tap or <laughs> i mean I don't know. Like that—that's got to be the the other thing we get into a little bit later in the episodes. Based on this version of Zombieland, what rule changes are in store? Because I mm. feel like you know, with the evolving of zombies, the original list should also evolve to fit the ever-growing threat. Yeah, otherwise, complacency. Does he give like a number? At one, I think he says like he's like up at like seventy-three or something uh, like I think that. It's like seventy-six, <laughs> seventy-eight. I don't know. Uh. But yeah, th- like I said, this one, you know, we jump back 10 years and it opens up with, kind of like the first one had the cool apocalypse, you know, hap- starting montage with like the heavy metal music. 
this one, you know, starts off again with a, after they kind of explain the, how the world has changed in 10 years, we cut to them coming up with a plan. Like we need a base of operations. We've been roaming all this time. We need a home. And if we're going to go big, you know, go home. Freaking like, so they decide to take over the white house and they get like an epic, like zombie killing montage on the lawn of the white house while they're playing freaking Metallica masters of puppets which is a great uh, song for a slow-motion zombie-killing uh, oh, montage. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean... I mean, Woody Harrelson... I mean, the girls just look like they're like totally like fucking gangster as shit. Well, I mean, the dude... Even okay. Eisenberg looks cool, and it's hard to make Eisenberg look cool. I mean, look, okay, you got a fucking grenade launcher attachment. Then you got, you know... With the freaking 100-round beta mag on that yes, thing. Yes, <laughs> I mean, then, you know... I, I feel like everybody's kind of, you know... Loaded to the brim with superiority and firepower, and then Woody Harrelson's got a crowbar. <laughs> a crowbar, and he's still got that lever action uh, <laughs> 410 rifle. But, but he looks like he's having a blast. I mean, that is like the most fun any man can. Like, this, the look on his face when he's like freaking flying, tackling zombies, it's like, like I want to experience that much joy in my life. <laughs> I don't know that I want to get that close, though. I'd rather stop you at range. Uh,. I feel disadvantaged. I mean, we already determined that in life you are the tank character. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Me, I'm more like range DPS. <laughs> I mean, we, I'm just rewatched... video games have tra- you know have trained us for actual <laughs> yeah. real life survival tactics. <laughs> you got to go. You got to play to your strong points. That's probably one of the uh, one of the rules. But yeah, the I rewatched the original like, a couple days ago before this, and I, I still like. If the apocalypse ever happens, I want to be Tallahassee when I grow up. I mean, I was like, if if I had like unlimited budget and no responsibilities and a wife that would let me dress that way, I would definitely be Tallahassee. <laughs> I mean, she would not let me get the snakeskin jacket. I'm like, come on, that looks cool as shit. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I just say you acquire one in a game of chance. <laughs> oh, yeah, but... That that yeah, that whole slow motion intro, and he's got like the poncho across the the bandolier. It's like very freaking Clint Eastwood uh, look to it. And then they, you know break into the White House, and of course, like we said, you know, first thing he does is go to the Oval Office and find a stash of cigars, which are probably really dried out ten years into the apocalypse. But maybe they found some Bravita packs along the way. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, them. you know. I still think humidity comes into play. Winters might be a little harsh, but I mean, you still get, you know, summertime, you know, humidity and stuff. I, I don't know. Maybe they'd be okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, the... maybe there's a presidential humidor that they were kept in, you know. Probably. I mean, there's, that's the other thing too. It's like, cause they, they kind of make jokes about the, some of the absurdness of the pot. Cause there's like 10 years in, but there's still power everywhere. Like. Like, the, like the, they're, they're still functioning utilities. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you know, as long as it keeps raining, dams keep producing power. I mean, that stuff would eventually, like, break down with no maintenance and stuff. But it's like, <laughs> they're just like, you know, kind of, you're like, yeah, we know this is ridiculous, but this is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that this film did a lot of things that it's what makes Deadpool great and what allows for... Deadpool sequels to not just feel like oh we're doing this again. Um, you yeah, know, this is where, one of the ones it's, it 
I mean, you everybody can't take is too self-aware. Seriously, yes, yeah. absolutely. And you know, I mean, like, I guess that's my quip with a lot of the other zombie films is you know they try to go too much into a a horror element or something, and then they realize we can't keep this facade up, and it just breaks down. You know, yeah, and he just kind like, of takes you out of it when you're like, yeah, this is not how the world would actually function. But you know, they're like. It's a comedy, so they're like, yeah, we know this is stupid, but <laughs> if this is what we're doing. We're just going to joke about it. It's just like, fuck it, it's our movie. I mean, they even have the joke in there where, at one point where he's in bed, because him and, him and uh, Wichita, uh, that got together in the last movie, apparently have still still together ten years later, or at least, you know, for, for the moment, and he's sitting in bed reading The Walking Dead. Which is, you know, tries to be like probably the most, I guess, realistic, if you can call it that, uh, gritty you know, zombie thing where people are needing food and utilities don't work and all that. And he's like, man, this is scary, but it's totally unrealistic. <laughs> I was like, that's funny as shit. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's what really makes zombie land. It kind of separates itself from a lot of other zo- zombie genres because of the fact that, Hey, we know these are zombies. We've seen zombies like, you know, yeah, that's one thing like, about... that's the thing that kills me about Walking Dead and all these other things. It's like, whoa, this is present time and nobody's heard of zombies? Like, you know. Yeah, it's like today to make a zombie movie, you have to, like, create a world where George A. Romero never happened. So it's like <laughs> all these places, like, what? The dead arising from the grave? That's weird. But yeah, that's, that's one thing I, I thought was kind of cool from the original is they just like, no, we're setting this in the real world where... There's been zombies in pop culture, and we know what a freaking zombie is. But the, the thing that kind of kind of took me out of this movie to at the beginning of it, but you know, eventually it's like I didn't. It, it was funny enough that I didn't care. Is like the first time around, and you probably get this problem with most sequels. It was original, so the jokes they were making and the like the constant, uh, the whatever, when he says the rules or whatever, the signage appearing in the world and, you know, actually taking up space and like, you know, the little effects of it falling or breaking or whatever. It was almost like they, they were like, Hey, we did this thing that was really funny and really cool. And now we're almost trying too hard to recreate exactly what we did in the beginning. But then the, I guess the, the comedy caught up with it. I mean, it got funny to where it's like, I didn't notice the, any kind of like maybe the first 10, 15 minutes, it almost seemed like they were overacting a little, but then it just kind of, it kind of settled in and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm back in zombie land and this is funny as shit. It, it, well, I think it was designed that way because, um, <coughs> I mean, there was a lot of president set with the first zombie land film. And I mean, I, once again, I'm going to, it's like when they started announcing, you know, additional Deadpool movies and things like that. It's like, well, do we really need a sequel? Yeah, I could, you know, potentially want one, but it needs to be done right. So I think the first 10 or 15 minutes are designed to be like, oh, hell no. They did exactly what we don't want them to. And then it's like, it's ah, a money grab. Ah, ah, psych, you know, here's your actual movie. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, like I said, the phrase just starts off with. You know, pretty much them quitting their their stuff that was cool when they said it the first time, but now they're trying to turn everything into a catchphrase. <clears throat> but yeah, it, it kind of 
But I mean, that was. So- but then they started making fun of that. You know, you know, he's like nut up or shut up, and you know, saying all the cool things he said in the first movie. And I was like, dude, that's like so 2009. Get a new catchphrase. <laughs> Which I, I, I do think, you know, that that was that was great. You know, that even in the zombie apocalypse. They're still, you know, kind of facing the same equality and PC issues that, you know, <laughs> to, to some degree, you know. Of course, it's, you know, done in a lighthearted, you know, sense and um, <laughs> works really well. But, um, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, but their home base in the White House, you know, because the movie, it starts with them living there for a while until shit gets bad. But, yeah. Like, you go into the garage, and he's, like, modifying the presidential limo with a minigun and a, you know, a freaking, whatever, bulldozer front end. Calls it the beast. (laughs) And, like, you just look around the garage, and there's, like, oh, there's a, you know, freaking space capsule. And there's, like, all these weapons and, like, sporting equipment and stuff. And it's just, it's, like, what you would do if you were, like, you know, in a world with with no, like, repercussions where you just it's almost like living in like grand theft auto but with no other people you can just walk around doing whatever the hell you want and it's like this is exactly what would happen <laughs> like they... which i mean I, I don't know though because you know they do say hey yeah there are a lot of other people out there we you know typically just try to avoid you know any kind of interaction you know yeah, where it's, it's kind of safer like in the walking dead universe the you know, humans are almost as bad as the <laughs> the the Walking Dead, but it was like uh, the attention to set design and this movie were were excellent. Like the stuff in the White House, where like there's all these little items where like you know, freaking uh, Columbus decides he's gonna you know ask uh, Wichita to marry him, which kind of sets the uh, the course of action. So he proposes to her with the Hope Diamond. I mean, in a world where you don't have to buy anything, you can just go to the mall and steal whatever you want. Dude's got some nuts. He went big. He got the Hope Diamond to propose to his girl. I mean, that was a, that was a baller move right there. <laughs> I mean, I guess he was just hoping she would say yes. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> but the uh, the Chris when it got Christmas time, and uh, he gives Little Rock like the, the badass of all the guns to have in your gun collection. It's Elvis Presley's 1911 Colt that he gave to Richard Nixon, still in like the dis- the the gift box and everything. But he wrapped it in one of the paintings that he'd cut off the wall. He's like, couldn't find any wrapping paper, so I wrapped it in Taft. He was our fattest president. So if you need more wrapping paper, there's still plenty left. And then like later on in the movie, like him and uh, him and uh, Columbus are walking down the hall having a talk, and you see a painting on the wall that's like a big square cut out of it. I'm like. Oh shit! That's the Taft painting that he cut up earlier. It was like this, like little attention to detail and stuff was just, was like kind of cool that somebody went through all the trouble of of just throwing those things around. Yeah, I mean, I will say that um, you know, one maybe it's just because I was you know highly anticipating this film, or then two, but there was never a moment for me like you know we've talked about some of the you know other movies that we've been to see in theaters you know here lately i guess um you know we're trying to just break away from talking about the same dvds and stuff from the <laughs> 80s and 90s so hey we're, we're trying to get with the hey, there's, there's a lot of cool shit coming out recently so yeah it'll dry up and we'll go back talking to stuff from the about stuff from the 80s um but you know <laughs> during that like you know, I, I mentioned there were several of the films where I just, you know, kind of lost total immersion and was, you know, distracted by the 
you know, whatever the hell. Oh, look at there. I didn't realize there was something behind that curtain before. What is that? Oh, that's a light to the outside. Why is that curtain not closed? Um, <laughs> but I didn't find myself, you know, um, my mind wandering or getting distracted through this film. Like, it, it kept my attention and held it, you know, for the duration. That and there's kind of been a trend lately that every freaking movie we go to is, like, nearly three hours. Which this was 99 minutes. But, you know, a nice good hour and a half, uh, which is kind of what movies used to be. And the action and the plot were were tight. I mean, there wasn't any, like, really? Can we hurry up to the next thing? <laughs> I mean, yeah, some movies I mean, don't need to be three is, hours. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think this, you know, did a, a very good job of being, you know, straight to the point, grab your attention, give you some laughs, and, you know, wrap it up with a few more laughs, and have a good night. Wait ten more years. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the plot moving. <laughs> uh, we'll come back another ten years. Woody will be in, like, a Z-Land version of an, a retirement home. <laughs> Arkansas will have found her an, another boyfriend and had some grandkids and whatnot. You know, it'll... <laughs> Could you see him as a grandfather? <laughs> which, which I mean, you know, ultimately, like as much as he, you know, plays the, you know, typical hard ass dad role, you know, at the same time, it's like, damn it, this, this is, this is our group, this is my family. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love my family. He's, like, I want, I'm, I'm part Blackfoot. I got, I got Indian blood in me, and the Blackfoot hunted buffalo by running them off a cliff and I need to roam and hunt the buffalo again. I'm going to leave all y'all, but y'all still, my family ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Just <Yes>. kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So as we said, uh, Columbus tries to propose and it freaks Wichita out and she's like, takes off and leaves a note as she's kind of done previously. But then also Arkansas's our uh, little rock and kind of her problem is, you know, the first movie she was supposed to be 11 so now she's like, you know, 21, 22, and she's not been able to be a kid or meet a a boyfriend or any or girlfriend or whatever she wants, you know, because she's kind of lived in this sheltered environment. And now she's a grown ass woman and they're still treating her like a little kid. And she's like, no, I need to go out and find other people and, and, you know, start a life. So, yeah. So when, when, uh, her sister freaks out, they both hit the road and, and uh, Tallahassee's badass beast, but then they meet a hippie, and it, <laughs> freaking his name is Berkeley, and he, <laughs> damn peace Nick hippie. But the the freaking react and you know, like, <laughs> there's like supposed to be like a month or so time jump where she leaves him and and they're on the road and him and him and Tallahassee are just kind of roaming themselves and they go to a mall and meet some dumb blonde that was living in a freezer. The, like the type of person that is like, how did this person survive in the apocalypse? Tell has you like zombies eat brains. She don't have any. That's how she survived. <laughs> so yeah, I've been living in a freezer, but it's very cold. So why don't you just turn the power off? I couldn't find the button. I was just going to wait for the power to quit working, but it, it's still on. <laughs> Imagine that it still rains. Oh, but yeah, then, uh, sun still shines. Then she like jumps, a uh, homeboy's bones. Cause she's like, Hey, I've been living in a freezer for four years. Like, if you don't want to fuck me, I'm going to go fuck the old guy. So are we going to do this? <laughs> All right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Creepy Lincoln watching in the corner. But yeah, then she shows back up cause and starts telling the story of how her sister met the hippie and ran off with him. And just like the, the whole sequence of like him. Cause they've kind of like 
came to Tallahassee's side. They've all grown up like, you know, killing zombies and shooting guns and, and they're all kind of badasses. And she's just so like, really? This motherfucker? <laughs> I mean, she just, you know, I mean, she was designed to be the, the stereotypical, you know, fun to look at, annoying to listen to. All right, can we just go ahead and kill her? <laughs> oh, I'm talking about like uh, how annoyed... Uh, uh, Wichita was when her sister falls for the hippie and then leaves her. <laughs> but when she comes back and tells them that uh, their, you know, Woody's uh, adopted daughter ran off with a, a hippie and he just loses his shit. <laughs> oh, that was hysterical. He's like, I have no problem with a pacifist. I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not sure... How does one survive in the world that way? I mean, I guess, you know, avoidance, but then again, like, you're headed to a commune with, you know, a whole group of like-minded people, like, no no plan of defense, no, 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 I mean, just throw your hacky sacks at them, I guess, you know, <laughs> wrap them up in some hemp, or, you know, maybe, maybe it's like bees, you know, you just smoke a lot of weed, and it, you know, the cloud will calm <laughs> the zombies. Oh, yeah, because she's like this is her first freedom on her own. And she's, you know, shooting, doing drive-bys on zombies with the minigun. It's like, Oh, I love the smell of, uh, of uh, gunpowder in the morning. He's like, I, pre- I prefer patchouli oil. He's like, Hey, do you have any like weed? I've always wanted to smoke a lot of weed. He's like, do I look like the type of person that would have weed? Yes, of course I do. <laughs> just pull out a giant bag and him. And it's funny because he's like playing all these like just horrible songs, but they're like classics. He said, did you write that? And he's like, oh, this chick has, doesn't know anything about music. I totally wrote Hey, here's another one for you. And then starts playing some, like, freaking Bird classic Skinner you know, deal. Bob Dylan. And... <laughs> God, I'm surprised they didn't do Stairway to Heaven. Oh. <laughs> uh, then, like, later on, when she finally is like, dude, I was just kind of using, she's like, hey, I'm a, even an 11-year-old knows, knows who Bob Dylan is, you fucking poser. <laughs> when she's, like, had enough of the hippies. <laughs> She's like, it was fun. I got laid, probably, and smoked some weed. Uh, yeah, I'm done with this idiot. Like, <laughs> let's get the fuck out of here. I don't know. Dang. That, that'd suck. Go out on your first adventure, then end up pregnant, and it's a zombie apocalypse. It's like, God damn it. And then you gotta rely on Tallahassee to bring a baseball glove because at some point you know you're going to give birth and somebody's going to have to catch that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Zombie optometrist. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Wait a minute, that's the eye doctor guy. Yeah, I I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Oh, and then poor poor Tallahassee uh, loses the beast and when they come back to get the boys to go find track down her sister the only car they could find is like an old pontiac fucking minivan there weren't that wasn't cool when it was new and it's still very not cool and tallahassee but i think we all knew at least one family that had one of those oh yeah (laughs) i've rode in one of those (laughs) uh uh, we never owned one but i yeah like i said we all we all had a, a a friend that had one back in the day but you know, Tallahassee's like you know the first movie. He's got his hump, his Hummer, his you know the the fucking Cadillac Escalade, and 
and now he's built the beast and he's stuck driving this fucking minivan with the family. <laughs> I didn't even see the wood paneling. Did I have the wood paneling? No, I didn't, I didn't see any wood paneling. But yeah, and of course, like the the random hookup uh, is tagging along, and he's kind of you know the girl the girl he really wants is back, but now he's stuck with the <laughs> the random dumb hookup, and just yeah. them making fun of her the whole time, and she's just too stupid to realize it. Like when she goes on the whole thing about it'd be really cool if there was like a a service where you could like you know call a stranger and they would like you know pick you up and like have candy and stuff and. And he's like, yeah, but what if they murder you? They could have a rating system. Like, if they murder you, you give them, like, one star. And if they don't murder you, you give them, like, five stars. <laughs> like, yes, lady, it's called Uber. But then again, in their world, hell, the apocalypse happened before Uber happened, probably. Yes. How long has Uber been around? <laughs> Not that long, actually, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of the thing, you know? Them, you know, going back and forth... And using her at her disposal, but most of the time she's too dumb to catch on. <laughs> yeah. And you probably don't want to have a nut allergy during the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, because she eats a bag of Trails mix and starts puking and swelling up, and they think she's a zombie, and they say ditch her. <laughs> and I like that, he's like, time to go teach Lenny about the rabbits. <laughs> For anybody who's uh, read that book or <laughs> seen that movie. Uh or, you know, to make it a Walking Dead reference, he was going to, you know, tell the girl to go look at the flowers. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. <laughs> oh. But, of course, he's a pussy and doesn't actually kill her, so she shows up later. It was just a nut allergy. <laughs> I kept trying to say that, but my tongue was swollen and I couldn't talk. And Thanks for not shooting me in the face. <laughs> oh. He's like, damn it, I thought I was rid of her. And right as me and homegirl's about to get back together, she, she shows up again. <laughs> That's the thing about these random hookups, man. Like, can't do it. Nope. You'll I, get cock blocked in the apocalypse. I mean, you know, he, he was ready to say till death did him part. Apparently, he didn't mean it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the the running gag of every time you think Tallahassee's going to get rid of the minivan, and it just goes to shit. <laughs> like, we get their first intro to the. Uh, to the the T-800s where they they stop on the highway and they see, like, a badass, like, Winnebago or something. They're like, hey, let's rock. Because they're going to go... They figure she's going to Graceland because that's a place that he's always told her about and she wanted to go. So they think that's where she's headed with her hippie boyfriend. So they, they go to steal this Winnebago. And as soon as they open the door, that sets off the car alarm, which summons all the zombies. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like, these people that have been a family and fighting together for... You know, 10 years, the way they just kind of, like, kick into action. He's like, yep, you take the high ground, call out, you know, firing positions. And he's at, you know, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock. And, you know, they're just all, like, immediately, like, working together. And the dumb girl's like, why is everybody yelling times? <laughs> I don't understand. What's with all the numbers? 12, 26. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was saying the guy with the shotguns, like, on the high ground. That's not exactly a sniping weapon. Not not a f really effective for, for long-range shooting. No, no. Should have put her on the high ground. <laughs> the uh, you know, the one that had the yeah, you know, the freaking AR. Yeah, I mean your 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 shotgun, you know, loses its effectiveness after. I don't know. What do you think of the effectiveness of a? Probably what fifteen yards? Probably 
Probably. I mean, if you're shooting slugs, you could, he can extend that range. But <laughs> yeah, if he's got buckshot or birdshot or something, it's like kind of hard to make those headshots at uh, 30 yards. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. But even he was kind of more of a badass than the than the his original thing. Like when you know zombie crawls out from under the bus and grabs uh grabs the dumb girl. He like you know shoots it in the head with a, a pistol and is like. And she's like, oh my god, you saved my life. And he's like, easy there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I do this all the time. Yeah. I'm not nearly a pussy as a, <laughs> a big pussy as I look. <laughs> I don't know. Such an eclectic group. But it works, you know? They, yeah. they, they, they have their own dynamic, and it brings a uniqueness, and, you know, just overall allows the story to... You know, just evolve, because, um, you know, I guess that's one of the things that made this film great, is it's not so much, you know, like, you get the group story, but it's also an individual's, you know, personal growth at the same time. Yeah, and I like that, the, in that scene, too, when they meet their first, you know, T-800 that they thought was just kind of a, a story at that point, and he, he shoots it, and it's like, it pops up on the screen, you know. Rule number whatever, double, double tap. tap. And then he's like, it starts to get back up, and he's like, what the fuck? Does two plus two still equal four? <laughs> this is it. So he shoots it again and again, and the sign keeps changing. It's like double tap, quadruple tap, 18 tap, whatever the hell 20 tap is. <laughs> and it literally says, whatever the word for 20 tap is. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's still in some stuff right out of the Deadpool playbook. But, yep. I mean, it's a dynamic that fits, though. I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like, personally, they need to bring Deadpool into the Zombieland universe. I mean, there is the Marvel Zombies comment. They've, they've made a Deadpool zombie comic. <laughs> but we had, like, you know, with a sequel, you always have to step things up a notch. So, other than Berkeley, our, our hippie douchebag, we introduced a few new characters, uh, when they head to, when they finally make it to get to Graceland, and you know, oh yeah, we were talking about him having to go back to the minivan. They they do manage to steal the Winnebago and then run over a tire, make it like ten foot, and the tires blow out, and they gotta go back to the freaking minivan. Which I mean, that brings us, you know, to talking about some additional rules because uh, in the overgrowth, once they you know kind of brush away the the stuff, they see the sign that. Oh, that says severe tire damage. Hmm. <laughs> probably, probably should have saw that sooner. Yep. Oops. Check the check the uh, signs. But uh, there was also, you know, during that too, the the ice cream truck, which you know was basically straight out of Twisted Metal, which yeah. was awesome. It just got a giant clown on the roof too, and when he's like, "Hey, look at that," he's like, "No, that has a clown. We're not taking that." No, I'm talking about the Winnebago or whatever it is. And when it blows out, he's like, well, they still have the ice cream truck. He's like, fuck no, there's clowns on it. It's like, deal breaker. We're going back to the minivan. <laughs> but yeah, so they finally make it to Graceland. And unfortunately for Tallahassee, Graceland's a burned husk. But then they find this like really badass Elvis themed hotel that has like all, all his the gold stuff records from, you know, and his like the blue suede shoes. And he's like, he goes to try them on and they won't fit. And he's like, and then uh, freaking Columbus tries them on and they fit perfectly. And he's like, you're just jealous because I have the same foot size as Elvis. And he's like, that's probably not even his real shoes. And he points to the sign and says, his actual shoes. <laughs> he 
He's like, you son of a bitch. But then his little Cinderella reference, you know. I feel so much like Cinderella. It just fits. It's like it was meant to be. <laughs> and then that's where we get our, our other new character, uh, Nevada, played by Rosario Dawson, who is the perfect match for Tallahassee. She's a she's a badass whiskey-drinking chick who loves Elvis. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I can never really get into Elvis that way. Well, that's what they said in uh, Pulp Fiction. There's two types of peoples in the world. There's Elvis people and Beatles people. I, I didn't really like the Beatles e- either. I don't know what kind of people I am. Death metal. I'm that kind of people. <laughs> hey, that's something. Has, has uh, Leo done any Elvis covers? <laughs> I think he has, actually. Uh, but yeah, they because uh, they find the beast, so they think, you know... All That's is where... right in the world. We found but... we found the missing girl. More importantly, we found the car. Second. But unfortunately, they left it because the hippie guy was like, "That's too establishment. Uh, we we need a we need something. We can't drive that badass car that's you know armor plated and has big guns on it." Because I'm a hippie and we're on our way to Babylon and AK Hippie Colony where there's no zombies and no guns and no fun. <laughs> Because there's no group sex either, apparently. They keep out, they keep hopping that role. We may be hippies, but no group sex. Unless y'all really want some group sex, and then we, we can talk. Because <laughs> the, the one freaking, as he calls him, Civil War general-looking guy keeps keeps trying to, like, break that rule. Hey, guys, are we going to have the group sex now? <laughs> but, yeah, we get uh, Rosario Dawson, who, uh, <laughs> I, that, when she sees him wearing, she's like, why the fuck are you wearing Elvis's shoes? He's like, for comfort. <laughs> These are amazing. <laughs> Hard to argue a factual point. Yeah. But then, you know, freaking uh, Tallahassee starts singing her some Elvis songs and, yeah, finally meets him, meets him a girl and after a whole time, uh, I'm, a, I'm a lone wolf. I don't need anybody. He's like, this is a hot lady who likes Elvis. I may have to change my rules. <laughs> Yeah. And then we meet the... Uh, the doppelgangers. Yeah, the evil twins of <laughs> Tallahassee and Columbus. But, I mean, are they really evil, though? Like, no, but... I, it... I, I feel like there's a good bit of, you know, friendly competition, you know, some, some ego stroking, but, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, Luke yeah. Wilson and uh, uh, Thomas Middleditch playing Flagstaff and Albuquerque. The like weird doppelgangers of <laughs> Tallahassee and Columbus driving a big ass monster truck called was it Big Fat Death, <laughs> and they squish the beast. <laughs> but Oops. them them two giving each other shit is like absolutely hilarious. But then we get that you know because yeah you know, after they kind of all having their little cop you know, there's like some of the T eight hundred zombies show up and he's like no nah, no nah, we led them here we'll take care of it and they go out there and. And fight them off, but come back in like, yeah, we're badasses. And they're like, hey, dude, you got a bite mark on your arm? No, I don't. He's like, what are you talking about? You got bit three times. I'm like, what? No, I didn't. <laughs> and they both turn into zombies. And we get that cool ass fight scene of like each of them fighting their doppelgangers, and it kind of like just like almost the three sixty camera just going from like room to room, like catching up different parts. You know of what the it fight. was? It was like the cartoons, you know, where there's a you know an epic chase, and they're just you know. In one door, out the other door, and everything else. Like, you know, I mean... <laughs> Getting thrown through walls. And it, and it's funny, he's trying to get uh, Wichita to shoot him, but he's like, I'm afraid I'll go shoot you. But, uh, you know, freaking uh, Nevada's like, you know, just shooting the piss out of it while when he's 
like wrestling with it. And he's like, stop shooting him. I got this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like the funny, like, yeah, just like the weird match of two different relationships. <laughs> okay. Start shooting. <laughs> oh, so yeah, they, they find out about that. They're on the way to the hippie colony. So they're going to go track her down and, He's like, I'm finally getting rid of this damn minivan. I'm going to get this monster truck. And then he can't drive the monster truck. <laughs> and he's, he's like, I can't do it. I can't drive it anymore. He's like, you're going to have to drive. I can't, I can't do it. And when they finally get to the hippie commune, he just like tosses a grenade in it. And he's like, no, we're done. We're not doing this a third time. <laughs> I don't care if I got to walk. I'm not driving. I'm not getting this damn minivan again. But then that's probably rule number 78 of the apocalypse. Never let hippies melt your guns. Because the only way to get into this hippie colony to see if the girl is there, you got to give them your guns, and these beatniks melt them down and make peace signs out of out of the guns, and that's I cried a little. Yeah, it, it, it kind of hurt my heart. It was a little sad. Not 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 so much on the you know the the freedom factor there. Damn hippies, <laughs> playing there, which is so weird too. Like, okay, we got this colony. But they do the typical stereotypical hippie bullshit. Hey, let's have a firework display and let's play this loud music and you know let's let's completely be oblivious that there's a zombie apocalypse and the only thing between us and the zombies is this sliding door because we're all defenseless. <laughs> yeah, and you, know, and you know once they find her and find her she's okay. They're like, well, we could actually hang out here and you. Know, now that Tallahassee has seen that you know, his family is safe. He's like, all right, cool. I can go wander off on my own and finally get him a decent vehicle. And like in a classic, you know, pickup truck from the sixties or seventies. But then he runs into a whole horde of, of T 800s heading toward the compound. Cause these idiots are setting off fireworks. <laughs> and he has to run back and like, Hey guys, there's like a whole horde of bad motherfuckers coming your ways. Did y'all really melt down all the guns? Yeah, that's how we made these cool hippie medallions. <laughs> and then he starts trying to like rally the troops, and he like he's got like a freaking hammer, and he's like, he's like, you Civil War general, do you know how to fight? Yeah, oppression and women's rights. Like, no, give me my hammer back. <laughs> you've, you've Whatever lost- you say, Thor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're probably gonna die first. <laughs> um. So the one thing they do have is biodiesel, because why not? Yeah. So. He- got the plan they're like we're just gonna pull a buffalo run we're gonna blow up all the zombies and then we're gonna kill the stragglers and if they make it in we're gonna make a a trough and herd them over the edge of the building which turned out to be a pretty cool plan but like and even like the setting up the bomb and stuff and blowing them up but these things are like like t-800s they just kept coming they're like oh shit we've miscalculated now we're yeah what we thought were 30 or 40 was actually a few hundred oops and they're like, we're all going to die, and let's all say our goodbyes. And then here comes the freaking Nevada and the repaired monster truck doing donuts on zombie heads, which was pretty awesome. And he's like, they're like, the freaking Dukes of Hazard, like Dixie Horn. And then here's thing comes jumping over the wall and it starts doing donuts. And he's like, God bless Rednecks. <laughs> I mean, that was some serious Travis Pastrana fighting zombie shit going on there. I mean, I. I gotta say, I've never seen monster trucks used in a zombie battle before. Um, but I mean, quite effective, you know. I mean, you know, the 
The rollover hazard is definitely there. Yeah, you gotta watch uh, your donut radius. Those things can tip. But I mean, you know, definitely thin the herd some before they <laughs> before they tipped it over. It's like I told you, this thing was top heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but then they get the whole you know run the last of them up the up the stairs and roll number one cardio because you gotta. That's that was a big ass building to run all those stairs. I would have definitely got caught on like. Level 10, probably. <laughs> I'd have been like, Joe, you still got your axe, buddy? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to sit here and I'll, but, I'll slow But, I mean, that, that led us to, you know, some other great stuff. I mean, you know, that's where we got our great, you know, Donkey Kong thing. Because they start, yes. you know, kicking barrels down the steps. It's like, Donkey Kong, motherfucker! <laughs> that was hilarious. He just grabs the barrel and just kicks it down the stairs. He's like, Donkey Kong, motherfuckers. <laughs> I was like, yes! <laughs> and, like I said, his... his his weird hippie plan of like you know building a a a gauntlet they have to run through and just basically you know as he talked about the the blackfoot herding the buffalo over the cliff runs the runs the zombies over the edge of the building and jumps up and grabs a a hanging hook but then the uh the last two zombies are like handcuffed together and they manage to grab his grab his foot and he's hanging there and he's like somebody save me and he tries he's like throw something at him and he throws a freaking a uh, freaking hacky sack hits him in the nuts. <laughs> Did you just hit me in the nuts with a hacky sack? And yeah, right as he's about to fall, finally, like a shot rings out, and there's you know, freaking, uh, Arkansas or Little Rock, yeah, still has Elvis's forty-five. And she's like, he's like, you still got the gun? He's like, yeah, I wasn't gonna give away my uh, favorite Christmas present. It's the king's gun. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, girl. <laughs> and he's like, well, why didn't you pull it out sooner? She's like, I was really stoned and I forgot I had it. <laughs> Yep, rookie pothead there. <laughs> oh, I totally had this gun the whole time. <laughs> but then, just when you think it's over, it's not really over. Because then we get our final boss battle, the Homer. Who <laughs> just kind of wanders off and falls in on himself. <laughs> and, you know, Wichita finally says yes, and they get a sweet zombie wedding. And he's like, I'm going to have to walk that spit fuck down the aisle. <laughs> and we also get his new catchphrase, because... Yeah, you know, right as they're about to start their battle, he's like, "Time to nut up." Or he's like, "Dude, you gotta quit saying that. It's 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 played out." All right, let's go kick some dicks. <laughs> that's that's the new catchphrase for the for the zombie millennia. Yes. Uh. And of course, the one thing he's like he really wanted to see at Elvis's house was his 1959 pink Cadillac, and that's what homeboy stole from the the hotel when they left the beast. So when they get the girls and they all ride off into the sunset with, with Nevada, he finally has his pink Cadillac and doesn't have to drive a minivan anymore. <laughs> and I do like the joke where she's like, when they first meet Nevada and she's like, dude, I almost married you. And they're like, what married? Yeah. I heard some, like, some piece of shit, like shot Bill Murray thinking he was a zombie. And we all call that married now. If I ever find the fucker who did that, like, I'm going to kill him. He's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> that sounds like, that sounds horrible. It's probably an urban legend. I don't think it actually happened, but yeah, I'd fuck that guy up too. <laughs> but I mean, I like that. I, I, you know, I like the, you know, still the inclusion of, you know, zombie kill of the year. I mean, you know, you got to have achievements and goals and, uh, yeah, you know, that the was, apocalypse. Yeah. The first one we had zombie kill of the week and this one, they're like, we upped it. It's zombie kill of the year and had some like great, uh, 
great entries. I mean, they had the uh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, <laughs> squished him with the leaning, and the uh, the the Corn Thresher. <laughs> that that one was hell, bailing hay full of zombies. That was <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, but then you know his hurting the zombie buffalo finally got him the the kill of the year that he had been. No, that was the kill of the millennia. Ah, yes, he upgraded it further. Yeah, you definitely got it for you know, highest kill streak in Call of Duty there. <laughs> but speaking of Murrayed, and you know, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert, because this is your mid credits and post credits scene. There was always a rumor with the movie that like they're bringing Bill Murray back, and we're like, are we going to get zombie Bill Murray? Because they definitely killed him in the last movie. How are we going to bring back Murray? And as the credits roll, you get. Uh, uh, Columbus doing another voiceover and he's like, Hey, back to that thing she said about, you know, Murray and I still feel really guilty about killing Bill Murray. So here's something for you. We're going to have to go back. Uh, and they went back to like, you know, zombie land day zero, like when the apocalypse first kicked off and it's Bill Murray at a press junket for Garfield three, right when the apocalypse happens and we get a nice, like, what, 10 minutes of Bill Murray kill, killing fucking zombies and dropping his classic catchphrases. Yes. It's like the thing we didn't know we wanted, but we absolutely needed. <laughs> and he kills a uh, freaking, uh, what is it, uh, the freaking weatherman. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> He's like freaking hitting people with, like, serving trays. He's like, I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> I was like, hell yes. <laughs> and then a shot of him doing coughing up hairballs. Yes. But yeah, the the Bill Murray. Like, I want to see a Zombieland prequel of just Bill Murray killing zombies. <laughs> Nobody has the budget for that. <laughs> we just have like Bill Murray up until he, he meets uh, Tallahassee and them. Like, yeah, him surviving the, the apocalypse. Because <laughs> that was... Uh, Bill Murray killing zombies is probably the my favorite thing of the of the year so far. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was you know awesome to bring that back, pay homage to itself, and you know, of course, you know, Bill fucking Murray. Bill fucking Murray. <laughs> so, um, you know, during the doppelganger scene. You know, I mean, it, it was definitely a, a dick size comparison scene. Um, <laughs> what you doing there, Tiny Elvis? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we, we we know about the rules. Well, the, the doppelganger have their commandments. <laughs> yeah. And they start going through it, and it's like pretty much the same rules is worded differently. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, you know, uh, your mind was stay away from perishables. I said bring Ziplocs. <laughs> he's like, uh, how was it? Uh, cardio. And he's like, yeah, what is it? Fucking stay in shape or something. Yeah. Something like, like his was, his was definitely lamer. He's like, yeah, I got pretty much the same thing. Uh, just yeah, less biblical. Yeah. I call them rules. <laughs> always double tap. And he's like, always, you know, what is it? So like, confirm oh, your kill. Confirm your kill. It's the same thing. Like, forget Tallahassee and, uh, but it's great because they hate each other. And those two are like, you're both awesome. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think it's great because, you know, the, you know, the competing sides, she's the only one that can see what's actually happening. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, you know, people say that, you know, if you're, 
just walking and come to a mirror that, you know, you wouldn't recognize yourself or something, you know, and it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand what you're getting at. Yeah, that, that was like, and then, like that, they're like, the, you know, keep making fun of her for leaving too. It's like, it's like, all right, if they really were your doppelgangers, where was their like, you know, you know, hot, uh, you know, girl counterpart, you know, where, you know, where's my doppelganger? you like, I don't know. Maybe she left him and left a note. <laughs> <laughs> it's like touche all right good one fair enough fair <laughs> enough so any rules that we need to establish for the mm. updated well we, we already had uh check for check for signage hmm well we know that the the double tap is now inferior yeah you gotta go with the uh the 20 tap if you're dealing with uh t800s I would say, uh, uh, of course, the don't let hippies melt your guns. That's a that's a definite, I mean, I, uh, I, I, definite big one. That, that's probably the best definition of gun control there is. <laughs> you know, control your own gun. Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing, they're like, they won't let us in if we don't give them your guns. Dude, they don't have any guns. We can just come in if we want. <laughs> You're like hippie van sliding door. Not going to do a whole lot for you, pal. <laughs> you can't even keep zombies out. <laughs> but you made a sweet monster truck ramp. Yeah. <laughs> the backflip, too. And that was... <laughs> the the monster truck backflip, uh, that was that was pretty epic. Yeah, I don't know. I think now they're actually working on the, the front flip and stuff. Like, I don't know if you've watched any freestyle, you know, Not monster jam stuff. But, yeah. The, the backflip now is kind of everybody's doing it, you know, and... It's like hell. I think somebody was even doing the double backflip and stuff. Like it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, Probably all Travis Pastrana too. Yeah, because I think on that uh, freaking Nitro Circus, he did a backflip in a monster truck. Oh, so yeah, that's just a uh, so. So what do you think overall? Does it stand up to the original? Is it is it on par? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It was a hell of a good time. Um, and I think, uh, you know, in, in an era of sequels and reboots and everything else, it, it definitely has a leg on its own to stand on. I mean, you know, it, it paid homage to the original, but then, you know, it also brought, you know, a, a freshness and didn't lose spirit of the franchise. So... Um, I mean, I, I will say that this is probably one of the better sequels, and like I said, I'm kind of glad that they waited 10 years just for the fact that, you know, a, a year or two later, it would have been the same rehashed story. So, you know, the, the evolution of not only the zombies, but the characters and, you know, their development and everything, I mean, it... I don't know. I mean, it felt just as spirited and just as enjoyable as the first film. Yeah, like I said, other and they didn't the, try to make it three hours. Yeah, like I said, the at the first, I thought they were gonna make it like too campy and just like, ha, huh, we're doing the same thing. <laughs> we're kind of like making fun of ourselves, but it, it it kind of like evened out and got funny and and like I said, I, I enjoyed this one pretty much as, just as much as the original. Yeah, I was kind of worried at the start, but then it, you know it kind of found its pace and you know ended strong. And I like the addition of the new characters. Even you know the you know the dumb chick was good for comic relief. And eventually, like you know, 
you know, they, they give her to the hippies, <laughs> let her have Berkeley cause he's a poser. And she's like, go ahead. I don't care anymore. And they're like, yes. <laughs> oh, I think this ring was meant for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then the, uh, you know, Rosario Dawson was a bad, I mean, hell, she's a badass chick in all the movies she's in. But, uh, yeah, I, I like, uh, <laughs> like the addition of Nevada. If they do a third one, you know, definitely want her being part of the team. <laughs> Absolutely. So I I don't know. You know. I mean, I I definitely um. This is one of the films that I I truly felt like you know out of the the big films I was looking forward to seeing that I got my money's worth. Yeah. This this is one I'm I'm definitely glad I didn't wasn't I could have waited to video. Um. This was one I'm, I'm glad I, I I saw early. So as we we wrap up Zland Part Two. What do you think of this uh, Pedermo? Um, it's not bad. Um, hey, it's got good flavor. Um, I think the, the, the Maduro might have been a little better, but it's uh, not. I mean, it's it's got some spiciness to it. It's 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 pretty good. I mean, it wasn't like super overpriced either. You know, nine eighty price point and stuff. So it's it's not a. He was, yeah, and the one that he was smoking just looked way too mild for <laughs> for my. But palate. I mean, you know, then again, you can't judge a cigar by its lightness. No, we, we've we've had some mild ones that turn out to be pretty pretty flavorful, and that cigar, that ten year uh, anniversary, you know, has got some pretty high ranking. But I'm not disappointed with this uh, sun girl. I said it's it's. I mean, it, it, it's good, um, but it. I don't know. Like, th- there's something there that I wish it had. I think I, I wish it had a little bit more complexity to it. I think this is a a really wonderful cigar. Um, I think this would be that a good, if you uh... you know if you had a bourbon or something with it to bring you know some additional flavor. Um, you know th- that would be the missing part. You know. Yeah, that's uh, you know, the point I was about to make. It's it's strong enough that the whiskey won't overpower power it, but it's simple enough that it won't overpower the whiskey. Like I think this would be a good balanced uh, cigar to pair with a, with a scotch or a bourbon. Cause it's, cause yeah, if you get something that's too strong, it takes away from the whiskey. If you get something too light, the whiskey is just going to cover all your flavor. This one's kind of got that good medium, medium and simple, just, you know, not too complex that it'll, it could, you could blend the flavors pretty well. Yes, most definitely. So with that, we're going to double tap this episode and, Move on to something else. <laughs> Lord, my, my
science. And it's time for some science. You ready to learn some? We just talked about some kind of. I don't know. Do zombie movies count as science fiction? Well, here's the thing. Do we really know the origin of the zombies from Zombieland? Has there been an origin of how the outbreak occurred? Because I couldn't remember that from the first one. I just but... rewatched the first one, and I don't remember if they ever like said like something like, I don't know, like a rumor of a monkey bit somebody or something, a radioactive monkey bit somebody. I, I don't remember if there was a a zombie origin story. And hell, most of your freaking zombie movies, you just, they just kind of pick up with, there's fucking zombies. Like, they never really explain how the virus started other than we're all fucked so now. So maybe for your, you know, ah, we'll save that for nerd news. Do some Googling, see if there's a <laughs> zombie origin story. So one thing that would be nice in a zombie apocalypse is to be invisible. And now you can, that is, uh, can happen. A Canadian company called Hyperstealth has invented what they call quantum stealth technology and they built basically built a invisibility well not really a cloak but invisibility shield they've designed a camouflage that material that is as thin as paper inexpensive and requires no power source it's basically just uh uses you know kind of an optical illusion to to hide objects Interesting. I mean, cause I, I, I've seen stuff done like that, you know, utilizing mirrors and, you know, like woodland environments and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, the, the there's this a is little... kind of neat. I'm just wondering, like, like from the images they show, like you can see a distinct break, you know, of something. And it's like, why is this clear? Why is this section fuzzy? <laughs> yeah, they're saying it's, you know, not to the point where it's super clear. So you can kind of tell there's that there that the shield is there but you can't see what it's behind the shield so this is something that can kind of be used like around bases and stuff like that that uh would hide uh you know a magician from the the prying eye and they say even like you know while the eye can tell it's fuzzy you know lower resolutions like cameras and stuff that work out the and you know especially stuff that work outside the visible light spectrum uh it's a lot more pronounced and remarkable when you say you really it's it's more invisible to the non-human eye than it is the human eye and basically it operates off a uh a a physics principle called snell's law where it's basically the the curvature of this material bends light in such a way that only things that are very close to it or very far away are visible and it basically creates a blind spot behind the material so anything that's at like a certain set distance becomes effectively invisible that's pretty cool, though. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the technology, like I said, a Canadian company named Hyperstealth, uh, run by Guy Kramer, uh, said they've been working on this since 2010 and working with, you know, military organizations to develop it. And he's recently filed four patents on this material and technology. And, you know, it's something that, you know, may eventually actually get into work. And he said, you know, it's kind of, the same principle that like when you stick a spoon in a glass of water, how it looks like the spoon's bent or how like a, yeah, I mean, a just... pool looks like more shallow than it actually is. It's just like that, the that weird reflective yes. index that just kind of creates a, a blind spot. And if you place objects in that, you know, so it's not something we can't, we don't have stealth tanks yet that can move around the battlefield with this, but it's definitely could 
hide assets you don't want people <laughs> people seeing. You know, some kind of weird fence technology. And speaking of technology, and not a uh, definitely can't make it through a, a a nerd or science segment without talking about robots. California Robocop turns out is really bad at fighting crime. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm looking at this thing like it looks kind of like an oversized cone-shaped R2D2 with police on the side, and it was recently released on the streets of. Huntington Park Police uh, in Cal- in Huntington Park, California, and basically it's supposed to, and I mean it has a speaker that can talk to people and tell them to you know stay out of the way, clean up the garbage and stuff, and it's supposed to have a call button so people can press it and call the police, and it's also supposed to have 360 cameras that somewhere at a police station someone's monitoring. But turns out uh, RoboCop, and they actually call it, it's HP RoboCop, uh, witnessed its first crime and turns out does not actually work. It's not hooked up to anything. <laughs> uh, the city said, you know, RoboCop's capabilities are extremely impressive. Uh, according to city manager Ricardo Reyes, said it's uh, you know able to use its microphone to her criminal activity and mobily patrol large open spaces and you know and even the chief said they kind of deploy this in and parks and and other air, big areas to kind of free up police to do other things well apparently there was a fight in a parking lot a witness went up to the robot and desperately hit the police call button and the robot told her please get out of the way and continued on about its patrol area and when you know a another witness who called police the more traditional way actually got help on the scene and after looking into it, it turns out that this thing was just kind of there for show it was you know so being running a trial uh a trial capacity and the call button didn't actually go to the police it went to the owners you know the company that actually owns the robot which no one was there at the time apparently after hours and the 3d cameras that are supposed to be connected to dispatch weren't actually connected to anything yet. <laughs> so they put this thing in the field without actually connecting it to the police force in any way. So essentially this was just uh, one of those uh, bots that, you know, has a capability to speak and just take your money. Yeah, pretty much. It, uh, you know, theoretically can be tied into a dispatch center so they can, they can, uh, you know, monitor what's going on and, and also, it's supposed to be able to call cops, but basically all it did was roam the parks, uh, telling people to, you know, don't let her keep the park clean, and <laughs> actually did no, nothing at all for, to help these people that were in a fight. <laughs> I'm sorry, your your crime is not violent enough. Please, please, don't bother me. Yeah. So I said, for the moment, Robocop can only is only just potting around LA telling citizens worried about crime to get out of the way and sometimes tweeting which is kind of crazy like i would think that you know hey this is a trial thing like you would think that there would still be a actual presence with radio communication or something just in case like something goes I like you buggy like stolen you know <laughs> like now that everybody knows this thing's not actually doing anything I'm, it's definitely getting graffitied and knocked I over i mean cuz it's just like that you know the the bot you know that was traveling all over canada and stuff like that you know yeah. friend bot or whatever it was like 
that eventually got murdered. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean... This is definitely going to happen to uh, RoboCop if they don't uh, finish wiring You know, up. meth heads are eventually going to figure out, hey, we can probably scrap this thing for some parts. Oh, <laughs> uh, Then all those people that, like, put up the stickers for advertising stuff, it's going to be, like, covered in band posters and stickers before the week's over now that they know it's not actually doing anything. Well, I mean, it'll be, you know... Oh, no, 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 that's that's defacing, you know, um, government property or something else. And Yeah, but who's going to tell the cops? <laughs> Freaking <laughs> RoboCop doesn't communicate with anybody. He just roams the streets and, you know, like is I a said, like I just, theft hazard. I don't know. It just seems odd to me that it doesn't have some sort of an accomplice, you know, it being the trial run and stuff. <laughs> like... Yeah, so apparently all the, everything they said it could do, it could do. It's like Atlanta saying, hey, we should get a street car. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so yeah, normally when we talk about robots, I warn about Skynet and the coming apocalypse, but if this is all that they can uh, produce so far, I don't think this company will be responsible for Skynet. Yeah, but then again, it wasn't Elon Musk behind it, so, I mean, this, this could be just one of the many smaller faces of a much larger net. Speaking of Skynet, an uh, anonymous company uh, is offering $128,000 to buy your face. Huh. Yeah, a, an anonymous private company is offering to pay uh, one person you know, approximately $128,000 for the rights to use their face on a range of robots. Uh, the company is supposedly building a virtual friend to care for elderly people and basically be a... hope this thing's more effective than police bot. Yeah. To be some kind of, like, assistance around the house, and they think it having a kind, friendly human face would make it more acceptable, you know, as a kind of live-in aid if it doesn't look like, you know... The Terminator without its skin. <laughs> so if you have a friend warmly a warm face, you know you may can you know, submit for this job. You know, hell, yeah, you know, I'd sell my mug for a hundred and twenty eight k, but that would definitely not. Uh, I don't know if it's warm and inviting enough. <laughs> I think Alton Tom referred to as damn. You you guys look scary. <laughs> yeah, it's a company called Geomic, a London based engineering company. Um, they like I said, no one uh, really knows much about this because it's unclear exactly what you're agreeing to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could just see that, like you know, you're uh, go on to be a major celebrity or you know stuff, and it's like, nope, nope, we own your face, <laughs> like yeah. you get nothing. Oh well, actually, Geo Geo Mick is not the one doing it. The name of the designer or the actual company is unknown. This is why this is kind of a shady deal, uh, and it's unclear what you're actually agreeing to, but a London-based engineering company that's supposedly helping develop the project says that they will reveal more details uh, to candidates who make it to the next phase of the project. But they say the you know the project has a non-disclosure agreement with the designer, so they can't really reveal anything. They said because there's due to secretive nature of the project uh, and possible you know government uh connections but for for some reason i'm not really getting that warm and fuzzy feeling they were going yeah, for the whole, right like, off the bat like we were building a helper bot and we want to buy your face the whole all the secretives around it sounds more like you're looking for an arnold to skin your your t800s in <laughs> yeah this the, the the deal sounds shadier and uh shadier as it goes 
Yeah, I don't know. And then again, like, I think about, like, video games, right? Especially RPGs. All the character customization and everything else, and they can't fucking come up with a code for a friendly face? Like, <laughs> hmm, I don't know. Yeah, there's, like, a... Like, like, what they don't say is, you know, well, great, you've signed this disclosure, uh, we're actually taking your skin, you know, and, you know, basically, uh, yeah. Yeah, people are a bit skeptical, because there's, you know, they're kind of asking why you haven't used uh, the generative adversarial network, speaking of games, they basically can create fake human faces for, for games and movies that, you know, is unable to distinguish from, like, a real person. You would think, you know, uh, some kind of... R- computer generated identity wouldn't you wouldn't have to worry about licensing people's actual identities so yeah this sounds just a little sketchy and also speaking of sketchy uh the world you know this is you know our our you know kind of our halloween uh last october episode probably rick or mortis shrek uh has unveiled in salem massachusetts you know, the world's largest Ouija board. They're calling it Ouija-Zilla. Uh, weighs... So they're going to try to summon the world's largest demon. Yeah, you want Cthulhu? This is how we get Cthulhu. <laughs> or the ghost of Cthulhu, since it's a Ouija board, I guess. But uh, uh, apparently, you know, it's... Cthulhu for The uh, <laughs> It's got all the traditional elements of a, uh, of a Ouija board with, you know... The full alphabet numbers zero through nine, and the words yes, no, and goodbye. Yeah, the the board is, weighs nine thousand pounds and covers thirty one three thousand one hundred sixty eight square feet, which that's as big a footprint as five eighteen wheelers parked side by side. It took ninety nine pieces of plywood, twenty quarts of black paint, and several gallons of deck stain, and the planchette. Uh, that's that little pointy thing that that moves around the board to spell out the things when you're, you know, drunk teenagers trying to uh, mess with the Ouija board. The planchette, uh, a few people can stand inside the circle, and it weighs uh, 400 pounds. <laughs> but it's fully functional. It'll slide around the board, so I guess if you can get enough people together to move a 400-pound planchette, you can try to to summon the, the world's largest ghost. Sounds like a lot of commitment, a lot of effort a lot of bullshit like don't we have other issues going on in the world that like you know hey man it's halloween uh and the reason why apparently it was built in new jersey and then transported to uh salem and the reason why they did that is because apparently salem is the home of the toy company that you know would make the original ouija boards uh from 19 uh parker brothers who bought the rights to the game in 1966 uh he actually built them at their factory in Salem, Mass. So it's kind of uh, a fitting place to unveil this thing. And it's 2.5 times larger than the current Guinness World Record holder. And so it's uh, definitely been bestowed the world's largest Ouija board. Congratulations. Please don't start the apocalypse. And with that, that's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back with some news. On the last episode of the Nerdy Laser Podcast, Richard and Isaac found themselves in a highly secured government facility. Richard, what are we going to do? Isaac, the only thing we can do. You, you don't mean 
Yes, talk about movies, pop culture, and the nerdy stuff we love. Right on! The Dirty Laser Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and the ESO Network. And now, it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. Alright, and welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news! Alright, this week we're doing something completely different, completely 100% off the cuff, because I have done no preparation, so we're just going to jump through some headlines, we're going <laughs> to talk about some things that we're excited about as, you know, we kind of wrap up the Halloween season and, you know, jump to the holiday season with some movies and stuff that we're anticipating. Um, Speaking of Halloween season, we have not yet made it to a haunted house, which is kind of a fail on our part, but we have been busy, but... If y'all have any suggestions, feel free to post them on our Facebook page I, so other people can enjoy the spooky. Yeah, I, I'm 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 gonna go out on a whim. I'm gonna say Netherworld, thirteen stories. Um, let's see. I keep hearing good things about folklore. Folklore uh, I've is not another had a to one. Make it that over there yet? I've I've been in years past. Um, and it it was actually a really decent haunt. Um, they had some unique effects that I had not seen utilized at any other haunts. Um, you know, the last couple of years, it's been all about the elevators. Um, <laughs> seems like the elevators have kind of still reprised that role, uh, but it looks like... Seen a lot of, like, haunted trails this year. Hell, there's a haunted, like, off-road track, Iron Mountain, just up the road from the house that looks interesting. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance before everything closes up to, uh, to see it and like the city of Cummins got the scare fair this year which is a new uh, yeah so there's i'm, I'm curious to check that out I, I i just wonder like is it really going to be you know quote scare or is it just going to be a a family friendly supposedly we've got a know? haunted house there but i've i've i ran into a guy when i was at the the gun store that actually worked there and he was talking about it some so i mean they they have some kind of haunted house like set I, up you know i talked to one lady um about it during the actual fair and she you know had mentioned yeah we've you know gotten some advice from people that have worked at you know netherworld and you know folklore um there was a haunted house out in canton that we went to a few years back uh paranoia yeah. i think you know so they're you know asking around you know to what seems to be you know doing their research for yes, actual professionals um, so, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's oh. kind of one of the things. Like, in this area, like, you know, there's there's a few haunts, but, you know, a lot of them are like the... Um, Avoid anything that appears to be church-run. That'll be not scary and very preachy. <laughs> we've, yeah. we've accidentally made that mistake before. A few times. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, you know, some folks are, you know, maybe into that, you know, maybe they don't want, you know, to expose their kids to, you know, demons and psychos and, you know, <laughs> killers and whatnot. That's all the so, fun stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know. Getting drunk and crashing a car into a tree and, you know, being like, ah, you killed two people. You're coming to hell. Come with me. And, you know, I mean, hey, that might be up some folks' alley. <laughs> don't try drunk you know um so yeah I, I i don't know i mean um we had i i guess three from hell has officially released on blu-ray dvd and everything now i know walmart had a display that you know i guess uh one of the big shirts that baby wore this year was you know disco sucks um so yeah that's one of the things that's kind of disappointed me with uh with that movie and then kevin smith's new movie is there no theatrical releases there's doing a 
one or two night Phantom Fathom events. Uh, so if you didn't see it in theaters, you're probably not going to be able to see it in theaters. So, but then they're kind of fast tracking the release to video, or I mean, they may even be available for digital download right now. Uh, but yeah, so it's do like, you I, think I, that's I a want... trend with all the streaming services uh, and everything else? Like you know, oh, um, Netflix keep... made some great, uh, you know, great original films, but for you know, actual filmmakers, it's this, you know, one night theatrical release and then going straight to either a streaming service or, you know, downloading direct from iTunes, Amazon, wherever you download videos. I mean, that may be the, the new thing for people that, especially... I'm not quite sure how the money works. Like, yeah. you know, when a movie goes into theater, right? Does the studio get, like, money for, like, the first two weeks? And then Who if knows? it's still successful, then the theater, you know, starts making a little bit off of it. Like, I'm just wondering, like, you know, when we look, see the production budgets and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, not having to pay out, you know, all the distribution and keeping those costs down. Does that allow overall... Smaller films to get out there. I think this is probably the new home of independent filmmaking because when you put something into like a wild theatrical a wild wide theatrical week they spend shitloads of money on the advertising sometimes even more than the budget of the film so smaller movies like you know comedies or horror movies this may be a way to get stuff out there that wouldn't otherwise that would need a studio to green light it you know wouldn't otherwise get seen so but Unfortunately, it's been two movies of stuff that I really wanted to see. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing is I don't, you know, I don't remember the numbers, but when Jay and Silent Bob, you know, I, I felt like that's always been a successful franchise. I mean, we got a full theatric release for Tusk and <laughs> I feel like, you know, Jay and Silent Bob have much more rain, uh, name recognition and everything else than... Yeah, these are both movies I would have paid to go and see in a theater if it was more widely available where I didn't have to do it on a specific day and time. So yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that those type of movies have gotten this, but if it, you know, is on Netflix in a week and then whatever, I'll watch it there. But yeah, if it's one where I'm going to have to purchase the film and download it and watch it on my, it's like, I don't know if I'll be in such a rush to acquire it as I would if it was in theaters or on, on Netflix. I guess, you know, if it's on, you know, a streaming service, you probably got a few months, you know, to catch it or something before contract obligations and that kind of stuff, you know, typically run out. But, I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, I keep reading about this push to be like, you know, hey, we're going to do theatric releases and we want to get stuff streaming and everything else, you know, much sooner. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one thing if they're doing both simultaneously where, hey, this is available online for the same price if, you know, going to the theater. So, if you don't want to if you're people that don't want to get out and see a movie but i I like stuff having an actual theatrical release as as well especially like i said a rob zomba horror movie this time of year that would have been a (laughs) a good thing for people to there's certain movies that i want to see with my friends and not just by myself at the house you know i know you you probably get scared and you know just need that presence to be like okay i need to be a man (laughs) i don't want i don't I mean, it's just the whole experience of going to see a horror movie and watching... I think horror movies are way scarier when there's other people around you to get scared. When it's just me, I'm like, 
whatever, I'd shoot that thing in the face. <laughs> but when there's people screaming in the theater, you know, even if you don't get scared, you can laugh at your buddies and be like, ha ha, you got scared. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, and realistically, I think that's the reason you and I gravitate so much to haunted houses. One, you know, I mean, you spent a number of years actually working at a location. And, you know, for me... Yeah, I've like, lost my outward jump reflex. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just I mean, jump on the inside now. <laughs> I just, you know, like... Love watching, you know, the the group um, interaction yeah. and everything else. And I, I guess part of that, too, is like, haha, if you're scared, then I'm not going to be scared because I'm going to be laughing at you. <laughs> and you always got to bring your bait friend that you know is going to get scared so you have someone to <laughs> laugh at. Uh, always always good to bring some bait for the, for the monsters. Um, okay, so we talked about Double Tap. Well, apparently there's some rumors circulating that for a third one, um, Woody would potentially like to see the film take location abroad rather than, you know, here in Atlanta. Um, so, um, yeah, cause that was one thing that they, cause they, they tried the whole having a home thing and got bored with it. And they were like, we're back out to the open road where we, we do our best thing. So yeah, it's definitely could turn this into a wild road trip movie <laughs> well they, they were saying like you know because it was done here in atlanta and i guess they were filming one of the nights that it actually got cold and you know they're saying that you know woody had made the comment damn for the next film we need to do it on an island and everyone's <laughs> like yeah we should do that but then again like i go back to video games like dead island and stuff which yeah. are fun games i mean um i mean they went to graceland can they go to and they went to what pacific Parrot, Palisades, or whatever, whatever the freaking Playland, Pacific Playland. Go to like fucking Disneyland or some shit. <laughs> Go to like an actual like, or like you know, See one of those zombies roaming around. Galaxies one of those like edge. uh, whatever ballad uh, was it, Bally's uh, resorts or something. You know, <laughs> we get Jamaican zombies. <coughs> yeah, I I don't know. You know, I I'm just wondering. Um... How that would actually, you know, work. Because, I mean, if you're on an island, like, that really limits, you know. <laughs> I mean, get... but then again, like, I mean, you know, during the zombie apocalypse and shit like that, I mean, you know, could you go to, like, an Alcatraz or something, you know, and be like, haha, I've got a fortified palace. I just thought, you know, they did, uh, Cause, know, I mean, big Elvis fans. When Elvis is biggest movie was Blue Hawaii. Zombie land in Hawaii. <laughs> I mean... I want to see a zombie Magna P.I. roaming around. Yeah, you just <laughs> want to watch a zombie fall on a volcano. That would also be an epic uh, zombie kill of the week. <laughs> like, okay, we gotta we gotta do that thing where we funnel the zombies, but we gotta time it with the eruption of a volcano, so <laughs> that way we have a lava flume. <laughs> like, Hell yes. Oh my that god. That would be awesome. Should we be screenwriters? <laughs> Of all the weird original sci-fi films, I mean, we've had, like, Sharknado and Lavalantula. Why have we not had Zombie Kano? I don't know. I, th I think that's definitely a thing sci-fi should uh, get on. Because, I mean, you know, like, let's talk about water, for instance, and a zombie. W would a zombie drown, or would they just walk amongst the ocean floor and kind of get carried by the currents and stuff? In certain movies they've had where, like, zombies just walk around. Um, yeah, or you're not safe on water because zombies just kind of walk along the bottom and eventually pop up on the shore or wherever else. But then again, sharks. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if sea creatures and stuff ingest an infected zombie, do they you in get turn... zombie sharks? Yeah. Whoa. I think you're onto an idea. Right. Jaws 8, zombie jaws. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, these, these are ideas that we should probably really keep to ourselves. Like I said, <laughs> this, this whole segment's off the cuff. I got, I've done no preparation for any of this shit, so... Um, you know, which is something I wanted to do for a while because people are, you know, sometimes like, man, articles and stuff seem too scripted. Like, you know, <laughs> why just some thoughts and some opinions? Give us, give us some real insight, cigar nerds. Well, one of the things that I'm kind of I saw recently pop up was the huge Cowboy Bebop fan. We did a whole episode on it, and we got the live action supposedly coming out, and they just recently released a video of them doing like a script reading, and they had Ein. And actually introduced it like he was an actual actor, but it was a legit corgi and looked like Ein, which was like, yeah, you know, we were afraid they're going to, you know, turn him into a German shepherd or some bullshit. So the cast looks, looks good. But then recent news that, uh, Spike Spiegel, AKA, uh, was it John Cho got injured on the set and now production's been delayed by six to seven months. Uh, last I saw was eight or nine. Yeah. Um, so but... hopefully he'll get better soon and then get back on track with this and it's not delayed too much because I'm, I'm really excited to see see this series yeah absolutely um i don't know like i don't know there's there's quite a bit i'm excited for i i don't know i want to say star wars but then again like like we've talked about, you know, the the one-offs have been so great, but then again, like I see certain parts of trailers and I'm like, ooh, I want further insight to that, but like, unfortunately, either that'll be cut from the movie or it'll <laughs> literally be that one snippet that's like, there was so much to work with and that's all. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of been, I mean, they're worth watching once. Like I said, it's probably about as all I've watched the new Star Wars stuff. I've watched Rogue One a couple times. I've watched Solo a couple times since it's got out. But yeah, I'm, I'm not not as excited as 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 I was for the the first new Star Wars, and then I've I've had lowered expectations since then. Well, I mean, I but think... if you want good Star Wars, I keep seeing trailers for this Mandalorian, and it looks more and more badass. So I may have to fork over the twelve dollars or whatever it is to get the Disney Plus neck, which comes out November twelfth. I did see they did like a the three-hour trailer. Um. For Disney Plus, like showcasing all the titles and stuff that are going to be available. Yeah, I mean, I saw an advertisement for The Mandalorian on like regular TV the other day. So, yeah, it's uh, that's probably going to be worth my. You know, I may sign up for a month and then cancel it after I binge watch it. But <laughs> that that one may make it to the roster of uh, Netflix and Amazon. I don't know. Another one that's I. I'm kind of excited for, and we talked about off air, um, a little bit outside of our normal um, genre, but this uh, Jungle Cruise movie with Rock actually kind of looks interesting. Like, you yeah, know, we saw the trailer Indiana for that. Jones, you know, meets uh, uh, Jumanji. Like, yeah, it did have a very Jumanji feel to it. Uh, you know, and the, I think the Rock will just do anything at this point, but it. Looked fun. <laughs> I mean, like, it might be a a fun little little uh little movie to see. Uh, the you know, I was like, Disney's making a movie based off another ride. I mean, well, they did that with the Pirates of the Caribbean, and that turned into like a huge franchise. So now they're like, hey, let's try the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm like, I just I'm like, that, that sounds line. dumb, and then you're like, 
actually, this trailer looks pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, you know, kind of like that line that he said, you know, during the trailer, and he's like, okay, you know, 10,000 alive, 15,000 if you're dead. And she's like, well, why is it more if I'm dead? Because that means i got to carry you, and that takes more effort, therefore more money. <laughs> yeah, and at one point in the trailer, they're about to go off a, a freaking uh, waterfall, and she's like, I can't swim. He's like, oh, the price has just gone up. You're definitely going to die. <laughs> comes to a river and can't swim <laughs> um so by the time this episode drops people will probably know but um you know monday is a new release date for our final star wars trailer well, maybe we'll know no more than uh so far i'm not i mean i've seen stuff you know excited. from the developer or not the developers um but from the director and stuff that said kylo ren's story will be explained ray's story will be explained this will be a Full closure, you know. I did see a thing with JJ saying that he wanted to turn Rise of the Skywalker into... He said he wanted Star Wars to be a nine-episode movie franchise that actually makes coherent sense at the end. I'm like, good luck with that, (laughs) because shit's got kind of weird. So hopefully, JJ, you know, he's he's done some good stuff. Maybe he can kind of tie up the loose ends that kind of went to shit in the last movie and, and bring the... Bring the train back to a uh, a satisfying <laughs> closure at the end. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I don't know. I, you know. Also, speaking of Halloween, if you're you got four days after this comes out, uh, our we've actually had a brewery open up here local to us, uh, Nofo Brewery, which we went the other day and tried a couple of their beers and they were pretty good. I mean, they're, they've been so busy. They actually ran out of beer and had to close an extra couple of days to catch up production, but they're doing a Halloween party Saturday, the 26th, which no kids adults only. And you have to be in a costume to, uh, attend. And I think they're, they're, it's free, but there's a limited number of tickets. So you have to go online and register if you are going. So, you know, Go check that out if you're in the area and want to drink, get dressed up and drink some beers. I know they just released a stout, which I've not had a chance to try yet, but you know we're we're fans for of stouts, and it's definitely starting to finally feel like stout weather around here now that you know, yeah, second summer is over and we're starting to get a little bit of a fall. Absolutely. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I what do you think? You happy with what we did with the segment? I mean, we we talked for almost twenty minutes. Yep, we're. I think we are. We are good. You think uh, we can? Wait, it's a Halloween some... episode, and I haven't done it yet. <laughs> oh boy! And with that, check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at esonetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Cigar Nerd Pod. We're on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever your podcasts are found. You can get your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds. Get you some cool smoking shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And with that, it's time to nut up or shut up. Go kick some dicks. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, 
your station for all things geek.